Welcome to the Couch Scout. This is Hunter, and today I'm with Mark, and we're going to be doing a mock draft as well as a few draft day predictions. As we get into this, Mark's going to be doing the odd picks. I'll be doing the even. All right, so what we're going to do is we're just going to start off doing the mock draft, and we're going to make it where we can do trades and everything. We're going to do what we would do in their situation instead of what they would want to do. Yeah, if you, if you have Cleveland's first overall pick, and you could trade back to Buffalo, who would give up their 12, their 22nd, and then maybe another one, but probably not an impactful first round. We're only doing the first round right now. All right, so you trade back. Then Buffalo gets the first pick. Wait, would I be Buffalo in that situation? I would be Buffalo in that situation. They're even. I, I mean, yeah. I, all right, all right. So that gives me... Oh, man, that's easy. I'd give up my 12 and 22nd first-round picks. This year, when I got two in the second, two in the third, I'd give up both of my first rounds to trade up to the number one pick. And then you're going to give me a second next year? Sure, why not? I don't need a second next year. I'm, I'm Buffalo. We're going to be... A, we're going to be... We're going to be ready for when New England collapses, if that ever does happen, because it's not close. I would actually trade up with you, with giving up a second of neck of 2019 and both first-round draft picks this year. I'd trade up, and as Buffalo, I'd take Josh Allen, hands down. In New York, with that windy situation, you want a stronger-arm quarterback? Yeah. I would, take, I would trade, as Buffalo, I would trade up and take Josh Allen. Awesome, because I definitely would <laughs> trade the first pick for 12 22 and a second round I mean, next year. Buffalo, no way Buffalo – I mean, Cleveland's not going to make that trade in real life because they're not going to – they're going to want more than what Buffalo will offer. But if they would take the two first this year and a second next year, I would argue you probably get more out of it. I would trade up and take Josh Allen to push in Buffalo. It gets snowy. It gets windy. They need a bigger arm quarterback that can deliver the ball to the big receivers they got out there. Buffalo would actually turn out to be kind of a dangerous situation there for most de- offense defenses because that's hard to fight against. Yeah, I could definitely see him taking him there. He does have the strong arm. I do think that would be a benefit in those conditions. But, again, I think it's a career suicide for the GM. you got a 50-50 shot of him working out. If he does, you're a hero. If you don't, you're unemployed. I mean, more than likely, let's be honest here, there's a good chance that GM's going to get fired anyway. Buffalo is not a good situation. They've been going downhill each year. And they just benched a relatively good quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. Not a great quarterback. But he did. He was doing his job. They made the playoffs with him being benched for half a game and Nathan Peterman coming in and throwing five touchdowns. I don't think that was a coaching decision. I think that was a front office decision. Because that front office didn't want Tyrod Taylor. They don't want the mobile quarterback. They, don't, they want a stereotypical guy. And they don't come any better than Josh Allen. When I look at Cleveland, I, I think they got a top 20 quarterback in like, Tyrod like. Taylor. I think he's a game manager. Uh, I mean, he's never going to be, you know, your top five guy in the league. But I don't think he has to be. If you put enough weapons around, like you say, he did well in Buffalo Absolutely. without a lot of weapons. And, and Cleveland is in good shape. Dorsey's a new GM. He's got time to create something here. He's got a quarterback who is a great game manager who – does not turn the ball over. And when you look at that and you say, I've got to put pieces around this guy and give him a chance to win now. And I think I've already got the fourth pick that gives me the 12th pick, the 22nd pick, the 33rd pick, the 35th pick. This year, I'm filling a lot of holes. And I'm ready to win now. I mean, at least not now and then the following year, definitely. Yeah. Plus, I'm picking up a second-round pick next year that will also help. I just think I've got a great shot here. Well, then that comes back to me because as New York, I'm keeping my pick. 
as the New York Giants. And a lot of people think they need a quarterback. I stand by this. I've said it since last year. Davis Webb is a very passable quarterback. I think he'll make an impact. I think he'll be a starter in this league for a good while. He may not be ever be he may not be have the ceiling that Sam Darnold does, but if the Giants really want to be competitive and go back to the playoffs this year, they got to build themselves like a playoff contender. And with Saquon Barkley, they would look a lot similar to the Pittsburgh Steelers and having a number one wide receiver in Odell Beckham and then a great running back like Le'Veon Bell with Saquon Barkley. Wow. Yep, I would absolutely take Saquon Barkley. It's going to be the, probably the only running back I have going the first round. To me, that's just such an impactful player. He's a trans, he's just a transcendent talent. He's going to help the Giants become an immediate offensive powerhouse. And with all the injuries coming back, they're going to be great. Evan Ingram, Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, and now Saquon Barkley. Uh, they could spend the rest of their picks on defense and become one of the best teams in the NFC East and give Philadelphia a run for their money. Hmm. I, I think that's an insane pick for the Giants. For me... The fall-off between Saquon Barkley and a Chubbs or a Sony Michelle or a Geis is very small. I agree, Barkley's the best player in this draft. But the fall-off to the other group of running backs is not that much. I, I disagree. And, I, think, I think this is like, I think Saquon Barkley is a faster Todd Gurley, and we see what Todd Gurley does for the Rams. I just don't see taking a running back that early. I don't feel like the drop-off is that much, but there's maybe two defensive ends in this draft. That After that, the drop-off is huge. So I would have taken a defensive end. You lost JPP. The defense was horrible without him, and I think you've got no chance of going anywhere without a defensive end on that team to make a difference. I'll be honest with you, the Giants themselves, I think – uh, I thought they should have traded back, but after hearing the GM talk, he made it seem like he knows what he's going to do, and I really think this is what he ends up doing, and this is what I would do. I want to make myself as an offensive powerhouse. I want to be as scary as possible. I want to look like the Pittsburgh Steelers of the NFC, and th- there's not as much defense in the NFC as there in the AFC, in my opinion. Defense wins championships. That's all I'm going to say about that. I... Uh... <laughs> You're not wrong, but in this situation right here, I'm playing right into the hands of, of the Cleveland Browns when their pick comes back <laughs> around. But uh, I don't get that pick. I've got the Jets here at number three. Um, I'm going to take Sam Darnold for them. I just think he is the safest quarterback, best chance for them to move up to in the against New England. I think he's a smart guy. I'm not overly impressed with any of these quarterbacks. I know I'm out there on a limb by myself. Just really not. But for me, of all of them, he's probably the safest pick, the expected pick. I think it'll be a shocker if he makes it to three in this draft. I don't see that happening, but uh, I think the Jets could do a whole lot worse than taking him here. Personally, uh, the reason why I had Buffalo go Josh Allen number one instead of Sam Darnold is – you're not going to have much success with a California quarterback in New York, and I'm really surprised to see the Jets take another Trojan quarterback after the Mark Sanchez. That that was that did not work out for them. They made two AFC Championships appearances based entirely on defense. Quarterbacks to me in this particular draft, you're not alone with me here. I've said it all offseason. This is not a good quarterback class. You're going to have five, six quarterbacks in the first round out of need instead of how talented they are. So you don't think California quarterbacks can do well in the cold? 
Not all of them. Not most of them in not recent years. Really? The, the one I can think of. You're going to talk about the greatest, the greatest quarterback in the league, and as commonly said. In, in the coldest location. <laughs> the greatest quarterback in the league right now is always an exception to the rule. You're going to talk about how good short quarterbacks. We'll, we'll come over this when we get to Maker Bayfield. But short quarterbacks are not successful unless you're the most accurate quarterback in the history of the league. When you get to the best, they're always the exceptions. That's just fact. Yeah. But I, I, I agree I, with that. So Sam Darnold, just, if Sam Darnold turns out to be Aaron Rodgers, yeah, sure, he can play in the cold. But <laughs> just, just so you know, that was said about Aaron Rodgers when they drafted him. I don't know that he can play in the cold. He's a California kid, Southern California kid. But turns out he can. Um, they're, they're going right back to the same college that Mark Sanchez came from. So I would expect a lot of now, pushback from their fans. As much as you can't argue the exception to the rule, you can't go with the Sanchez to say that <laughs> – He's not as Sam Darnold won't Let's be play successful. This game. Name another Trojan successful quarterback in the last decade. I mean, I wouldn't call him successful, but Palmer? That's a decade. That's 20 years ago. But he played last year. Huh? Fair enough. All right, at four. No, no, this would be my pick because I have the even numbers on the picks. He's uh, Mark's got the odds, so this is my, this is going to make the even though thanks to me, he's going to get a lot of great picks. I am. It's going to be great. He'll actually get the twelve and twenty second pick since they were mine and I traded up with Buffalo, so it, I got the first pick. He'll get twelve and twenty two. At four, well, there's only one great player left in my opinion at this point that's that you can't miss on, and that's Bradley Chubb. You kind of have to take Bradley Chubb here, and that I mean I don't think they need another pass rusher. But he's too good to pass up at this point. The top two quarterbacks are gone. The best running back is gone. And um, to me, Cleveland at that point should just take the best player available. I think it's Bradley Chubb at this point. They could go Quentin Nelson. They do need a lot of offensive line help. But guards typically don't go in the top ten, so he could even fall later on in this draft. He could fall the way to 12, depending on what the other teams do. And so it's going to be a little bit hard to say. But Bradley Chubb would not make it down there. So you've got to take the best player available. I go Bradley Chubb. I don't think there's any way to argue that point. I mean, how you could not take Chubb here, I, I just can't fathom it. So, and that's who I would have picked. Nothing but good things to say about him. I mean, he's going to be a game changer, and you definitely can't pass up on a guy that you think will have multiple. Uh, double-digit sacks in the league. Probably in year season. one, too. Yeah. And, and, and that's why I can't believe the Giants would pass on it. Thankful it's going to work out. We're going to make Cleveland a real team here. It's going to be awesome. All right, you got Denver's pick. Oh, wow. This is a tough one for me, and I, I think that they need a quarterback, and I think that John Elway – just would no. really like Baker. No Mayfield. way. Um, you know, it, like I say, I'm not real big on these quarterbacks, but at a certain point, you got to take a chance on one of them. The guy is does not have the metrics. I mean, I'll, I'll agree to that all day long. But he has been a winner and a fighter, and he will never be Drew Brees. I'm not going to say he would. And Drew Brees is the – the best six-footer to ever play. But he can be good enough if they put pieces around him. Denver's going to be the best team for him to go to if he does get drafted that high. I don't expect him. Now, I've heard I've heard people say that three of the 32 teams that have him as the number one quarterback. So he very well could go this high. I don't see it. He's a spread system quarterback. They do not make it in the NFL. He's a short quarterback. They do not, on average, make it in the NFL. 
So he has to overcome both of those. He has to be a once-in-a-decade quarterback. I've said it so many times. He just has to overcome so much. He has to be the best quarterback in the history of the league to overcome all of his issues that he has. It, to me, that's what it takes. To be great or to be successful? To be successful. He has so many issues. He has to transition. Mm-hmm. He has to overcome his height issues, which a lot of people tell you height doesn't matter because of Russell Wilson and Drew Brees, and it I matters. immediately question that. Go, name another one. Name another quarterback six foot tall that's had success in the NFL. In the history. And then I'm going to say, name one been taken in the first round. Yeah. I mean, he's not my favorite guy. I just think he's bringing that mentality and that enthusiasm that could spark the rest of the team, even if he's not the greatest one. But he does have some good receivers around him uh, that could work on that offensive line a little bit. He could be good enough for Denver to start being successful. I mean, they could be back to being a contender. They're only a quarterback away. We know this. We've seen it. We've seen just a couple years ago they were a great team. Even though he's not the greatest quarterback, if he gets drafted, he'll be the best one on that team. That, you're not so wrong. So the team is improving. <laughs> well, I mean, they've made the playoffs with Brock Osweiler exactly. filling in for Peyton, an injured Peyton Manning. And a Peyton Manning that was less than Peyton Manning. <laughs> that said, he doesn't have to be great, and he is an accurate guy. That said, I don't think he helps the team that much. I think he plays in a very competitive division, and I think we'll learn very quickly if he can handle the pressure, the blitzes. And if you think he struggled against Georgia in the second half of the Sugar Bowl, you're going to see defenses come after him consistently. Roquan Smith is more than likely going to the Raiders. We'll find out here in a minute on our mock draft, but everyone else has him. And Roquan Smith got after Baker Mayfield. To me, you still got a personality issue. You still got all these other issues. But if they're going to be quarterback hungry, they're going to pick, I think he's the best one on the board at this point. Uh, maybe Mason Rudolph, but I know Rudolph's not going in the top ten. There's another guy. Uh, they, the more than likely thing, I think they trade out, but it's so hard to get equal value at this point because uh, we had Buffalo already trade, so it's hard to say that they could actually get value for their pick right now. Yeah, the only one I could see trading with them right now is Arizona, and I just don't see that happening. I just don't think Arizona has enough to get to that spot, enough of the number five. I agree. So with that, with – Baker Mayfield off the board. Indianapolis Colts are going to get the guy they would have got a third anyway, in my opinion, with Quentin Nelson. That's their biggest need. they got to protect Andrew Luck. He's got to stay healthy. They're keeping Jacoby Brissett, which tells me that they either really like him or they're not sure Andrew Luck's going to be healthy in, in time, which I don't know how much longer Andrew Luck can miss. Because he's still – well, last I heard, he still has not thrown an NFL-sized football. Nope. So – it's a very concerning, so you got to get some kind of protection on that line. And it's it's been their number one issue since they got luck. I don't know how it's taken them so long to get a guard, but Quentin Nelson would give them help in their run game, which helps protect the quarterback. He's a decent pass blocker, so he's the best offensive line in this draft, bar none. If he was a tackle, he'd be number one overall. All right, so I think that's a very quick and easy pick. There's no way to argue with that, definitely. A lot of people will tell you you shouldn't take a guard in the top ten, but you got to take a guy of Quentin Nelson's ability there. Nobody needs linemen more than Indianapolis unless it's Seattle, and they're never going to get him. So I I understand that pick totally, and I can support that 100%. Now on the number seven with Tampa Bay, I've got him taking Minka Fitzpatrick here. Need some help. He's a guy who can play corner. He can play slot corner. He's a safety, and I think he'll be drafted as a safety. But you have to look at where you can put a guy like that in any of your defensive schemes. And I think he's proven he can play slot corner here. 
He's he can play one over top in the box by himself. He's just an all-around guy who think who I think will make a big difference in a hurry for Tampa. I'm gonna be honest with you. I've had these two picks, the fourth pick and the seventh pick, flip like six times this offseason. Whichever one Cleveland doesn't take at number four between Mika Fitzpatrick or Bradley Chubb, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will take at seven, in my opinion. I don't think that there's any chance that, that Cleveland gets both unless they keep the first pick. It's nearly impossible to get both of the two best defensive players in this draft, though in reality Cleveland could do it if they keep the first overall, but I think it's better for them to just trade out of the first or the fourth to get as many picks as possible. Because they, they could be dangerous for years to come if they can cash in all these draft picks. But Minka Fitzpatrick is, in my opinion, the best football player in this draft. He wants it. He loves it. He lives, eats, and breathes football. This, this guy's probably going to be the most complete guy in this draft. He plays every position in the DBs and even some linebacker help. He immediately makes Tampa Bay a defensive threat in a very offensive-minded NFC South. So you like my pick? Oh, it's a great pick. I mean, they, they're not going anywhere. He's, he's got to go. I'm surprised he fell this far. All right, number eight for Chicago in, the, in the, another offensive division of the, uh, the NFC North. They're going to get Denzel Ward. He's the best, next best DB. They're probably just kicking themselves that they just missed Mika Fitzpatrick, but he's definitely – they're going to need some help. They've been shoring up on offense through a free agency. They're going to make Mitchell Trubisky as much support on offense as possible. But they need defense if they're going to be competitive at all this year against Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, and Aaron Rodgers, which just sounds terrifying to know you got to play those guys six six times in a year. Uh, that leads us to number nine, San Francisco. You know, this could go a lot of different ways, but I really think they're going to pick Tremaine Edmonds here, linebacker from Virginia Tech. Uh, I think he's a San Francisco kind of guy. They just lost their linebacker, no telling for how long? For how long? Yeah. So first thing they got to do is replace them, and there's a couple options here. I just really kind of feel like they're going to lead more towards Edmonds. Edmonds fits their system better. Mm-hmm. He's a bigger linebacker. I think it's a sure thing that this is this pick is about as best. This one and the next pick are going to be like the perfect fits for their teams. Every other pick could go any number of ways, but I think nine and ten are just about the same on everyone's draft boards. You got a few people that are bigger fans of Roquan Smith and think he'll go first, and other people that are bigger fans of Tremaine Edmonds. But ultimately, they're both going to get picked back to back, in my opinion. And Edmonds has got the higher upside. Roquan Smith is the better football player. Edmonds has the better size. Roquan Smith slightly undersized, and he fits the Raiders scheme better. So I think Tremaine Edmonds will go here as well. So I mean, I think I gave away my next pick with the Raiders and Roquan Smith. I think it's I think it's an own deal. They could probably already start in a contract negotiations right now. But Roquan Smith, if he goes here, he with if this draft worked out this way, he'd get to hit Maker, Baker Mayfield twice a year. He'd get to go against Phillip Rivers twice a year. I mean, this guy gets to have a lot of fun. He also get to go against Patrick Mahomes in his first year starting. So he would probably look really good in his first year, knowing how offensive-minded the other three teams are going to try to be. Miami at 11. Oh, this this is a good conversation right here. Yeah, I really don't like this. So, if I'm Miami at this point, I, as bad as I don't like these quarterbacks, I can't see leaving Josh Rosen still on the, available here. They need a quarterback. I think they take Josh Rosen. If Josh Rosen's available 11, you got to take him. Again, he's a 50-50 quarterback. He may or may not work out in the NFL. 
but Tannehill has got is an average quarterback with major health issues. You never know if he's going to stay on the field. If I knew that, I'm going with Tannehill. I just don't know that. So, so I'm taking Rosen here for Miami. i got to be honest with you. I think Tannehill and Rosen have excellent comparisons to each other. It's not who I normally compare Rosen to, but a injury-prone, kind of smart guy that's not super athletic or special in any kind of way, Josh Rosen, Ryan Tannehill. I think they go from one injury-prone quarterback to another if they made this pick. I had them go wide receiver originally, but they added a lot through free agency. So I had them adding cornerback. But with you picking Josh Rosen for them, I think they would if Josh Rosen fell to 11. I think they would take him, and I think it would set the franchise back another five years. I think Miami is not a competitive team. I don't think – I think the AFC East just love letting the Patriots win. I honestly think that. Well, the thing about it, if both of them's injury prone, maybe while one of them's hurt, the other one can play. All right, so Miami just took Josh Rosen. That means you get to pick for Cleveland at 12. That's a difficult pick there. Yeah, that, that is – I guess I would take Mike McGlinchey here. Need to replace Joe um, Joe Thomas, Thomas yeah. by him retiring. I mean, you just got to get that tackle sewed back up so that you can protect your quarterback and maybe get some, uh, some I, running room. I don't hate that pick by any means. I don't think he's the best tackle, but he probably he could end up being the best tackle. Um, in all honesty, they could go Vita Vey. They could go Carlton Davis at this point. Yeah, I, There's I, so many things they could do. They They're could. so flexible. Heck, if I had the 12th pick at that point, I'd be looking to trade back again if well, I was Cleveland. There's yeah, so many chances. You could have took Landry, too. You know, I mean, you, there, there's things you could have done there. It, it was tough. It was really tough. Yeah, I mean, you know, they could spend the next pick uh, that they get at 22 on another offensive lineman, so they could shore up everything. They could get weapons. Could have took Derwin James. God, there's so good. many picks there. But That's got good another one coming up. Man, and could uh, you imagine if Cleveland actually traded back and got two more picks in the first round? They'd have they'd have a field day. Yeah. Who would trade, though? I mean, what, what are the options of trading back? Who has that ability? I don't think New England would, and they have two picks in the first. New England would probably be the closest one. And if they felt like their quarterback was about to go, if they wanted a quarterback this year, that's something they could do. Actually, that's exactly what they probably should do. I mean, given that opportunity, I would definitely have done that. Because the next pick is Washington. And I know they just played Alex Smith, but what if they decided to go quarterback right there? You know Arizona's going to take a quarterback. Yeah, you know that. Uh, So, I mean, and I'm sure they do. Now, if they were willing to trade up to 12th to take a quarterback – I mean, they'd have to do it now. I'll be honest with you, I've never seen New England trade up to no. take a guy. And, and I don't really see it happening. I mean, now. I'm sure they have. I just can't think of a time that it's happened. They normally, you know, try to trick people into taking quarterbacks in front of them and stuff like that. They, they just hype up certain guys and then take someone else completely different. That's how they've always done it. So, But you figure taking 12th, you needed that tackle. I just yeah, that's a good pick. I like it. it. It's not, it's not the you know the I personally the like high praise pick, <laughs> but it's the one that saves the quarterback and it, you look good for years if he if he works out. If he doesn't work out, you're not getting fired. You that, took a tackle. That's true. If you take a quarterback and it doesn't work out, you're unemployed. Yeah, and they got Bradley Chubb, so that, yeah, they're looking I mean, good at this point in the draft. Yeah, and you know they're still got another. Well, it's back to picks. you with the Washington pick. With Washington here, probably going to take Vita Vey. you got to take Vita Vey. He fits their defense. He brings that threat to him. And he's so versatile. I love Vita Vey. He fits Washington. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, there's not a lot of guys like him. So when you get that opportunity, you got to take it. Well, i got to be honest with you. I didn't think he'd fall all the way to Green Bay. But Carlton Davis, easiest pick for me in this, in this mock draft so far. Carlton Davis, Green Bay's going to get yet another cornerback. They pick one every year. It doesn't ever work out. I think Carlton Davis finally brings that great DB to them. Yeah, you know what they're going to take. It's what they always take. So I mean, they got a new GM. They could do something different, but let's be honest, they're going to take a cornerback because we need help. And the same thing I said earlier with the Chicago Bears. You need to get de- pass defense to prepare against Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins. This is a very competitive division with great passers, in my opinion. So these this, di- this division is going to be a very competitive one all year long. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I can agree with that. So 15 with Arizona. Here's where I really go off the board. I don't want Lamar Jackson. I'm not interested in him in any way. You couldn't give him to me. But Arizona needs a quarterback, so there's where I take my guy, Mason Rudolph. If Arizona took Mason Rudolph, I think that would actually be a great pick for them if he fits in what they want him to do. No way they do it. No way they do it. They would probably take Lamar Jackson. But I'm not. There's no way. I don't have any faith in him whatsoever. I think if you take Mason Rudolph with Arizona picking up a quarterback already, then you give him a chance to sit for a year, learn the offense, learn what to do, and then the guy is ready when he comes in in a year from now. He, he wouldn't be, he'd be in this year because Sam, uh, Sam Bradford's going to get hurt. But at least he wouldn't have to start the year. Exactly. And he'd have a chance to develop, and the division is no longer that super defensive division it used to be. The 49ers, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Rams are no longer this great defense. And he's got a quarterback's best friend in David Johnson, a guy who can catch the ball, who can run the ball, who should be back healthy this year. And you you can sit there and learn tips as a passer to a wide receiver from probably the most professional guy that we've ever seen in Larry Fitzgerald. It's not a bad pick. Exactly. And Larry Fitzgerald has become their tight end. So he catches the pass short. He's he's always there for you. And he's 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 going for the record this year. And I think he's like 70 catches away or something like that. He's, he's going. done. He'll get it. Yeah, especially th- this team is not going to be a super defensive team. Even with a rookie quarterback, they would be throwing the ball a lot against the offensive weapons that were the Rams, the 49ers, and Seattle, even without an offensive line, they are still dangerous weapons. So, yeah, that's a great pick for them. This is probably the most boring pick in the draft, but it's to me it's the one that makes the most sense. Baltimore is going to pick Connor Williams. It just makes sense. They need offensive line help. They can't afford any of the free agency. Aussie Newsom has put them in really bad cap hell. They just need to work around all those issues, and the best way to do it is you get a left tackle on a rookie contract. It saves you so much money. They're going to take Connor Williams there. Yeah, I can see that happening. That's not surprising at all. So we're to number 17 in the Chargers. Yep. I think I think if I was them, I would take defensive tackle Deron Payne here from Alabama. Woo! He is a guy who can make a difference on that defensive line and give their defense – a chance, something they haven't had in a while. I don't think it's their biggest need. I think their biggest need is on the offensive line, but it's definitely something that they could use. I mean, almost every team in the league could use a Deron Payne. I'm not going to argue that. He's a very, very impactful defensive lineman. He's not the size of Vita Vey, but he's just as good against the run, in my opinion. He's, he's going to be a great weapon for any team. 
Seattle takes another offensive lineman and Isaiah Wynn. He fits their their offensive scheme. He's a good pass blocker. He's a great run blocker. Isaiah Wynn is just as good as almost as good as a pass blocker as any offensive lineman in this draft, in my opinion. He's played left tackle. He's played guard. He's played center. He's played everywhere along the offensive line. Isaiah Wynn improves Seattle's offense tenfold, in my opinion. You know, Isaiah Wynn is not the biggest guy, guard, or wherever they're going to take him as a tackle or guard, whatever, uh, lineman coming out. But he's he's about the only guy who can play center, who can play guard, and who can play tackle. So that is an uh, attribute that you can't put a price on. So a guy like that is an excellent pick here. And you took him for Seattle. Very unusual for them to take a lineman. You're not wrong, but I think it's their biggest need. And Isaiah Wynn is easily the second-best offensive lineman. Well, it's him or Will Hernandez. They're right to me. They're right next to each other, and they're all just a step down from Quentin Nelson. Honestly, if if this if these guards were tackles, they'd be going one, two, and three in my opinion. But since they're guards, they're going to fall in the first round. But they're just as good as any uh, offensive tackle you've seen in the past years. They're that good. They just don't make an impact like tackles do. Um... If I'm Dallas here, I'm probably going to take Calvin Ridley. I actually think that's who they're going to take. I don't think he's the greatest wide receiver in this draft class, but he is the name coming out in this class. So I really just expect him to take a wide receiver here. And he could, he's not going to be Des Bryant. He's not that big. He doesn't have the hand control Des has. But I do think he fills a definite hole that they have right now. They need a wide receiver. I previously didn't think they needed a wide receiver. I thought they could run with uh, Des Bryant, but apparently they didn't agree. I don't think Des Bryant was the issue. I don't think Dak Prescott's an issue. I think just that suspension of Ezekiel Elliott hurt the team. I mean, we don't. We I don't usually like to use fantasy points as an example of something, but Dak Prescott for through the first eight weeks with Zeke was the number one fantasy quarterback. That means he was throwing the ball, he was running the ball, he was a really successful guy as far as offensive offensive yards generate, generated with Des Bryant and Zeke Elliott. But once Zeke got suspended, that offense came to a screeching halt. And, yes, there was a lot of bad passes from Dak to Des at that point, but Dak was no longer had that play action that bought him so much time. But normally he likes to play action, get out of the pocket, and have some time to be able to throw the ball to Des. But he didn't have that once Zeke got suspended and he wasn't on the field. Um, so he likes to you like to have that guy that's right there and be able to throw, but with the run, without the running game to help him get that play action pass off and have that protection, have that time, Dez got exposed as a guy who couldn't get separation because without a number one running back, you're going to just take away the number one wide receiver, and that stopped the off, the offense that was. So they're going to go get a wide receiver. I think Christian Kirk would be better, stronger hands, inside kind of guy. He would really take the Cole Beasley role away from Beasley and become a better weapon there. But Calvin Ridley, I can see going away. So then I have Detroit. And my goodness, this is a difficult pick because I had them go on Deron Payne every time easily. I guess you have to go running back for Detroit at this point. And personally, I think Chubb is the better running back, but I don't think that's who I would take for Detroit. They're going to get a pass catcher. And now I think Chubb is a pass catcher, but he's not the pass catcher Darius Geis is. Geis would be the guy to go to Detroit. I think he makes a great, great impact. I think he immediately improves the safety valve for Matthew Stafford, which helps his completion percentage, helps him be able to not to throw over those turnovers and force it downfield. He'd be an impact with the ball in his hand, so that makes defenses stay honest. They can't just play the pass or the run. 
And Detroit hasn't had a decent runner or a three-down runner in a good while, probably since Barry Sanders. So they need a guy who can make plays running the ball and catching the ball. And I think Darius Geis could be the guy for Detroit. So that gets us to the Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals. And I would say they need offensive linemen as bad as anybody. So I would probably give them offensive tackle Orlando Brown from Oklahoma. Big guy, 6'8", 345. So bad at the combine. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, combines are what they are, but he is a mover. And at 345, somebody's got to move him. So I like that pick right there mm-hmm. for that position. I mean, he had a really bad combine, and it could have just been a bad day. But Orlando Brown looked lethargic. He looked lazy. He looked like he didn't want it at the most important event of the offseason. That was a red flag for me, but somebody's going to take them, and it might as well be the Cincinnati Bengals who love to whiff on picks, in my opinion. I think their best pick in a long time is A.J. Green, and since then I can't think of a good, solid pick for them. It's your pick again with Cleveland. Man, Cleveland, we are making ways, buddy. I'm going to go with Derwin James here. Good, solid safety. If they're going to miss out on Minka Fitzpatrick, you might as well get probably the next best safety in the draft. To be honest, he's more athletic. The make of Fitzpatrick. He's quicker on the move. He reacts quicker. Now, Fitzpatrick is definitely the better player, but this is the better athlete. So, I really think that it's good ad, strengthens that defense. If you were the defensive coordinator there, and after this mock draft, you are salivating. You're like, oh my God, I can't wait to just run some schemes. If they can't come up with good plays, there they got to fire that defense coordinator week two. If he has not come up with a good defensive scheme for them. Well, what you're out of is excuses. <laughs> you either perform or you are, you're just not up to par. So, I, you know, I think we, we replaced our tackle. We added a defensive end who is a – Definitely a disruptor. We've got a guy over top to prevent the long ball. I just think the team is prepped to win now, and the scary part is two more picks in, what, the next 15 picks? Oh, yeah. So ready to play ball this year. That That's what I'm about. I, I mean, there is a certain time where you just have to say, we can't get there from here. we got to start over. I don't think Cleveland's there anymore. I hear all the time, well, if you get to – Eight wins, you're successful in Cleveland. That's a bad attitude. Last year doesn't count. It's over and gone. This doesn't even going to be the same team. Totally different players for most of the positions. Let's just see what can we do now with what we have. And They should just try to win their division. That's what they should try to do. Step one, try to win your division. And the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't – I don't think they're that much better than everyone else around them. I think they have a great team, that, a great coach, great defense that's been built, and great weapons. I think there's a lot of holes on Pittsburgh that no one really talks about. I think Big Ben's starting to slow down in his older age. I think the offensive line isn't that great. And let's be honest here, there's a lot of locker room issues with the Le'Veon Bell issue. There's, every year there's something. There's always something going on in Pittsburgh. They seem to overcome it, but there is that issue there. And all they have to do is beat Cincinnati, which isn't too hard, get ahead of Baltimore, which I mean, they're in. They are locked in their cap space, so they can't make a lot of moves. They lucky. They were lucky to get Crabtree on their team. So, I think Cleveland could easily become the second best team in this division. And then you're just looking at Pittsburgh. That's all you got to do is try to beat Pittsburgh. In my opinion, you say Pittsburgh overcomes them, but do they really? I mean, every year they fall short of where everybody projects them. Pittsburgh. I'm a big Pittsburgh fan. Anybody who knows me knows that. But 
The problem is every year Pittsburgh comes up short of where people project them to go. And a lot of that is the, the things you've mentioned, the locker room distractions. Uh, I think Tomlin's a good coach, but he doesn't have a hold on the locker room distractions like a Bilicek does. Oh, absolutely. The, for me, the reason why is because they have so many big-name guys. Yeah. I mean – It's difficult. Pittsburgh takes – you mean those – Pittsburgh fans are, are real fans in almost every aspect. I love love talking to Pittsburgh fans. They can talk football all day long. It's, they're just one of the rare fans of the sport that can do that. But when you got Le'Veon Bell, you got the best running back in the game. When you got Antonio Brown, you got the best wide receiver in the game. They're going to act and be a certain way, and you kind of tolerate it because they're that good. When you got a guy who's won two Super Bowls in Big Ben, you kind of tolerate him talking about being retiring and mess, kind of messing with your offseason programs. And my thing about Tomlin is he's a great coach. I know a lot of there's been Steeler fans that was wanting to fire him a couple of years ago, and even this year, this man has rebuilt your cornerbacks from Ike Taylor back when. Tim Tebow with the Denver Broncos beat him. He's rebuilt that rebuilt that cornerback without spending too much money. I mean, Joe Hayden's your cornerback three, for the love of God. He was a number one, and he's your third one on your team. That is impressive. You got wide receivers. You can't get rid of an Emmanuel Sanders, a Mike Wallace, a Heinz Ward, and always come up with another wide receiver. They just, every year, they have another one that's just as good. They can get rid of Martavius Bryant and have Juju Smith-Schuster. That is good coaching. If if it's it's either great drafting or great coaching or both, and I think in this case it's both. This team is always stacked and ready to go. You say that, but then you turn around and what happens? <laughs> he has to fire the offensive coordinator. Well, I already fired the defensive coordinator, but we they just cannot get over the hump. And it's it's great coaching on the field, poor coaching off the field. All these distractions are taken away from where they should be. They're not taking their place where New England is. They should be up there battling them every year for this, just on sheer talent alone on this team. Um, you know, I'm back and forth on Tomlin. I think he's a good coach, but then with the players he has, he's not going anywhere near where he should be. I mean, almost AFC Championship – I mean, he came just shy of the AFC Championship game last year. A very great game with Jacksonville. I know we're getting a little off topic. It's not – we're going to get back to them very shortly. But Pittsburgh is – just there. I mean, there's three teams in the AFC, in my opinion. You got New England Patriots, you got Pittsburgh, and you got Jacksonville. Everyone else is way behind them. And it's so close, in fact, that Jacksonville, I think, should have beat New England in the AFC Championship game with some questionable play calling from the rest. I'm not saying they were cheating. I'm saying the referees missed some very blatant things to me. And I think they, I honestly think they missed it. And Jacksonville just barely beat Pittsburgh. I think those three are all neck and neck in the AFC. While Kansas City, Buffalo, and Tennessee barely made the playoffs. And which opens the door for Cleveland if they put together a team today. And I mean, it's very easy to make the playoffs. Cleveland could just, if they can get 8-8, eight, 9-7, eight, they could make the playoffs in the AFC. It's that weak of a conference right now. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Speaking of the Patriots, their pick is next. Here I'm going with Harold Landry. He can play defensive end or outside linebacker if you need him to. Just a good all-around defensive player that I think really works with Belichick's whole attitude and do your job, and this is a guy who does it in the end zone. Very versatile guy, which is another thing Belichick loves. He loves guys that can play multiple positions because it's less players he can has, he has to have and more players he can have. All right, so my next one is going to be Carolina, and I think offensive line is one of the biggest needs they have. I just felt like tackle was a bigger need. I, I thought offensive line was where I was going to go, but there's so many good players still on the board. 
I'm going to go, I think, Justin Reed. I think I'm going to go safety for them. It's not, it's not the biggest need, but it is something that can improve their position. Uh, they could go cornerback and Josh Jackson, in all honesty. You know what? Let's do that. We're going to go Josh Jackson for Carolina all the way down to pick 24. It's a long way away from what I thought they were going to go, and Josh Jackson has fallen a lot more than I thought he could. But I think he improves the defense. You're playing against Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, and Jameis Winston. It's not as good as the NFC North, in my opinion, but these are great quarterbacks here, and you want to be stay competitive. So I'd get Josh Jackson to try to help Carolina and improve that ever-great defense with Luke Keechley. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with that pick at all. I just uh, – he's a guy who can really help them and, and make a difference. And, and they've got enough offensive weapons. They need to get that defense back. With McCaffrey there, it improves Carolina's offense. I think it may even stabilize the up and downs of Cam Newton's career with a more conservative, younger pass catcher that he can just dump it down and have a safe guy there. And Cam Newton is a great quarterback, in my opinion. He could absolutely improve with the defense. They could be playoff contenders year in and year out if they could just stay more consistent. Next, we have the Tennessee pick. Tennessee, and I can't believe he's made it this far. I'll take uh, Marcus Davenport. Defensive end. I actually overlooked Marcus Davenport, and it could be just entirely because he played for UTSA. I mean, roadrunners are not something that jump off the board for me when I'm looking hey, at draft hey, picks. Wants a road <laughs> and honestly, I think Tennessee's bigger needs here is uh, offensive line. You're going to hear me say offensive line for every team. There's not enough good offensive linemen in the world for the NFL. You always can improve your offensive line. But Marcus Davenport's easily for me to look over. He probably should have went sooner, and there will more than likely be a team that take him. But Marcus Davenport can make an impact. I just I'm not in love with the guy. I think he's just a producer and a starter, not an elite level kind of guy, and that's probably why I consistently overlook him. Well, you know, after quarterback, defensive end is a player you do not leave on the board. Uh, they are the disruptor of offenses and can make a complete and total difference when you get a guy and put hands on a quarterback. You're not wrong. I just for whatever reason I overlook him consistently. It's this particular pass rusher. I've done it. Every mock draft, he's fallen or been completely left off the first round for me. All right, and now the next pick for Atlanta. They're going to get the tried-and-true mock draft, Taven Bryan. He fits Dan Quinn. He's the perfect guy here. Defensive tackle that can really make an impact on, on this defense, and it's something they really do need. Yeah, and he's a defensive coach, so I can see him going that route. It I mean, doesn't surprise me at it's, all. This is a team that's one year away from having one of the best offenses of all time in the NFL. They're they're not a bad offense. They had they recede they recessed like anyone who knows offenses in the NFL knew they would. It's not like that they're a bad team. They just wasn't as efficient as they were the year before, and they didn't convert a lot of their red zone trips. So this offense isn't hurting for weapons. It doesn't need a lot of improvement. You want an offensive lineman there. But it's not something you absolutely need. They need defensive line help. And you've got to get to these quarterbacks that they're going against. You've got to stop the run in Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, and the Saints. You've got to get to Jameis Winston to slow down that game. And they're more than likely going to add some dangerous uh, But you want to stop Carolina and with McCaffrey and Cam Newton. So Taven Bryan is probably the best addition to their defensive scheme that they could have. All right, we got the next pick with the Saints. So many good options. So many good options. <sighs> I want to take Mike Hughes here. Wow, not who I thought you were going to take. Well, you know what happened in the playoffs last year? <laughs> An errant tackle. I do. I bet you that safety never makes that mistake again. Yeah, I agree, but let's be honest. The offense is stacked. Offense is stacked. They're missing one position. Linebacker. Oh, an offense. 
Hayden Hurst would be a great addition to the he tight end. Would. I just don't see adding a tight end here. I mean, he I would be the second coming of Jimmy Graham. He might be, or he might not be. <laughs> but the point is the defense still shouldn't have been in the situation they were in. So let's add a cornerback. Let's sure up that defense. Our, the offense is in great shape. I mean, sure, we could tweak, but not going to make the impact of adding a defensive player. Struggling between cornerback and linebacker, they could use either. But I just felt like if you give them a cornerback and this sure up that – I mean, let's look who they're playing. They're playing Atlanta, they're playing Carolina, and they're playing Tampa Bay. Big offenses. Need to be able to stop some of these plays. They're going to play them twice. I mean, you should, always pick, you should always add defense if you haven't. So, yeah, I can see that. I, in my opinion, nobody has a stronger offense than New Orleans. That wasn't a one-year fluke. That's an every-year thing. I just think that what they need to do is to put some defense on the field to help slow down those big offenses they're playing in the NFC South and let their offense do what it does. Fair point. All right, so the next pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we talked about them. i got to be honest with you, this team would probably be would have been – in the Super Bowl, if it wasn't for the Shazier injury and that linebacking core getting so just banged up. So, of course, they're going to have to take a linebacker here. And I, I got to double check, but is Rashawn Evans still available on the board for them? I believe Rashawn Evans is still available. And if Pittsburgh, if he fell all the way down there, Pittsburgh is going to steal him. He's going to be a super athletic linebacker that's going to make an immediate impact for them. I, I had them taking Jerome Baker, but if Rashawn Evans is still on the board, you're going to take him. Pittsburgh's going to improve vastly on their defense. And that's just like Pittsburgh take defense there. Uh, of course, and they need linebacker help. It's the, it's the biggest need they have. Without a doubt, it's the biggest need they have. Specifically inside linebacker, and that's, that's where he plays uh, best. That's funny. That's... I mean, he just fits. It's, Pittsburgh improves their pride, and the pride of Pittsburgh has always been their linebackers, and they're going to continue to improve it. What are you going to do with Jacksonville at 29? Offensive tackle, or offensive guard, Billy Price. Oh, yeah, he plays guard and center. Yeah. Oh, you took my pick. So, yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, they're a running team. If you could cheer up that line just a little bit more, a little more protection for the quarterback in passing situations, and they need line help. They they do. They need three starters on that offensive line. It's by far, in my opinion, the worst offensive line in the NFL right now. Even with their running game with Leonard Fournette, that's still one of the worst offensive lines. Fournette was running well despite that line. He got hurt because of that line. Yeah. And you can blame it on Bortles. You can blame it on the fact that they don't have receivers there because they're always hurt. But at the end of the day, it's that offensive line is the biggest issue. You you can you can make it to an AFC Championship game on defense alone, but you can't win it without an offensive line in some form of offense. So Billy Price is a great ad there. But honestly, you took my pick, but there's another guy that kind of fell past all of us. Minnesota's going to get the biggest steal of the draft with Will Hernandez. He's the third best offensive lineman in the draft. It, I mean, it, because he plays guard, he's going to fall. Because Isaiah Wynn went and Quentin Nelson's already gone, Minnesota gets an absolute steal right here. Yeah, I mean, that, you're exactly right. That should have never been there. <laughs> um, it was probably just a mistake on our part, but Will Hernandez has slipped through the cracks, and Minnesota just vastly improves right here. What does New England do? I'm going to say Sam Hubbard, defensive end from Ohio State. Great pick. I think New England needs more offensive line help, but that is a good pick. 
Hey, saying that I always take defensive players in the first No, Bill round. Belichick's a defensive-minded <laughs> coach. So, I, you know, and plus, offense is another offense. That how are you going to argue with it's not already really good? Defense needs some help. It's improving, but could always use some help. I mean, that, that defense was clearly the weakness of that team last year. But that said, I mean, they didn't make a stop against Foles and the Eagles in the Super Bowl. That said, they just lost their left tackle. They need to get another offensive lineman. Yeah. But one stop could have changed it. One stop. They didn't stop them one time. Yeah, that's all they needed was one stop, and that's what the Eagles got. Defense showed up and won the game for the Eagles. You can talk about how great Nick Foles was, but without that strip sack on Tom Brady, Eagles don't win the Super Bowl. And the other thing is – Knowing Bill Belichick, he sees the weakness. They couldn't stop him one time. I'm sure he's going out and getting people who can. Uh, so that's my thought on that. Again, another good defensive end. I've got him uh, picking up. Wow, i got him picking up Landry, who's a defensive end, or he can play linebacker. So it's just a guy you can move around. I think they sure up that you start to put pressure, you get them on each end. Get that front seven stacked up, you go after yep. the quarterback. That's all you really need to do. Mm-hmm. Now, for the Eagles, their biggest hole is absolutely their offensive line. I've heard rumors about them trading back. I've heard this, that, and the other. But the Eagles could also use some running back help. At the end of the day, i got to be honest with you, I'm not sure what they do. I honestly think they would trade out. What do you do? I would honestly trade out, but you don't know what offers are coming through the board. There's so much that could happen. People could come in. i got to take Colton Miller. It's an offensive tackle. He's... To me, he's the next best offensive lineman on the board. you got to go Colton Miller, protect Carson Wentz, get him to stay in that pocket a little bit and not run around so much because, man, Wentz was crazy last year. Believe it or not, that's the guy I'd highlighted for you picked him. <laughs> that's awesome. That's our, 32, or that's our first round mock draft with one major trade. We didn't have any other trades come through. We had Cleveland trade back with Buffalo and get the 20, 12th to 22nd pick and one extra pick in the following year. Uh, Cleveland is pretty stacked for this draft, so they may not trade back because they have so many picks. They may just not value draft picks right now. That said, I think they trade back. They shore up a lot better than taking a quarterback. They'd come out of this with, what did they get? They got Bradley Chubb. They got Mike McGlinchey. An offensive lineman. And Derwin James. A great safety. So th- they, would, they would improve vastly. Well, and that's the thing, and that's my, my thought process is, you get Josh Allen, or the, the rumor is they're going to go Josh Allen, possibly Donald. Is he really that much more valuable to your team in the next, say, five years than having Mike McGlinchey, Derwin James, Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb? Plus, you still have a proven top 20 quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. I wouldn't do it. I, I'll I say get, that. I'll say this: They had Joe Thomas last year, mm-hmm. and they had Miles Garrett last year. They went zero and sixteen. Yeah. So adding another tackle, adding another pass rusher, and adding a safety may not actually get them any wins. Well, well, that's not all they've added. They added a wide receiver in Landry. They added a running back in Hyde, and they added a quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. So there's a lot more pieces going into this team for this year. Joe Thomas hurts, but you picked up McGlinchey. Not going to be Joe Thomas, but could be... There for 10 years. Yes, and he could be a guy who stops up the hole. That's what you need, protects that quarterback. And just so many pieces added over last year, I give him a shot for the playoffs. 
I mean, like I said, AFC is not super competitive. So, with this team, do you give them a shot for the playoffs? If they had this team right now, with the rest of the conference, kind of, I think, in my opinion, taking a step back, because most of the people that took quarterback in our mock draft are AFC teams. Right. I absolutely would say Cleveland can make the playoffs with this. Plus two more picks in the next five. Yeah, that's next true. Next four. Next four. So... And that could be another running back, another wide receiver. Because we had, what, two wide receivers? Oh. We had one wide receiver go in the first round. So Christian Kirk could fall to them. They actually have the very next pick. They could get Christian Kirk to play outside of with Josh Gordon and Landry. They could get another offensive lineman. I mean, this you is actually – You could pick up a Chubb or a, a Sony Michelle. Now you got a running back. You've a got third running back. <laughs> and you've got a receiving running back in um, – Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson. You pick up a guy who could do all three phases – uh, pass, run, and block. You, again, weapons that people just you're, you're looking for advantages, and these people are giving you advantages. But say you don't make the trade, you might get Chubb, and you get a quarterback. You put them in the playoffs now? No, no, you absolutely not. Don't. You got to develop the quarterback. Yeah. You got a quarterback competition, which always slows down your team at the beginning of the year. It's just it's you split the locker room in quarterback competitions. It's very hard to get everyone to just jump on board. And why did you sign a quarterback that's 28 years old? That's a top 20 in the league. You didn't just sign him. You traded for him. Yeah. I don't get not trying to win now. Cleveland is starving for wins. Let's win. And, again, I, I think this gives them a great opportunity to win. Now, the, on the flip side, how does this look for Buffalo? Buffalo taking Josh Allen. Say, I think they're set back. I disagree. I think who, who's their quarterback there now? AJ McCarron. AJ McCarron. Who, an unproven. A, a, an unproven. An unproven who couldn't get franchise. He couldn't get starter money. He thought he could when he left Cincinnati. Turns out he couldn't. Went to Buffalo. I think he would be a good competition for Josh Allen. He he's been in the league long enough to be have some pointers for Allen as well. In Buffalo, you have to have an arm that can push the ball down the field in the cold, in the rain, in the wind. New York is not a friendly place to play, and that's actually that's been a knock on Eli because he wasn't strong enough when he first came out, and he had a hard time playing in New York. That's why his stats have never been exorbitant. He doesn't play in a dome. I see what you're saying, but also I go back to what you just said, and there's a quarterback competition, and you're splitting the locker room. I'm not saying they're making the playoffs. They're definitely not making the playoffs. You don't get no, rid no. of a starting quarterback and make go back to the playoffs. Right. I, I stand that by that for Kansas City as well. Right. Now, they picked Allen, and if, you know, based off history, top five pick, quarterback picks are 50-50. Sure. So 50%, they just made a humongous mistake. 50%, they got a keeper. I'm going to counter that. The last time they took a quarterback in the first round was when exactly? No, I'm not saying Buffalo. I'm saying overall. Oh, yeah, I got the you. top five quarterback taken is a 50-50 guy. I got you. 50% of the time it works out, and 50% of the time it does not. This will be their first real quarterback. Not saying that Tyler Taylor wasn't a real quarterback, but if it does work out, it'd be the first. I mean, this is the best chance they had had of having a real quarterback. I mean, he's, Tyler Taylor was a six-round draft pick. I think this is the best chance for them to be competitive over the next 10 years in a long time. They haven't been this good since Jim Kelly. Maybe, but still, they're three to five out from being competitive. No, no, that's a two years. I mean, years? we just saw Goff turn around with the franchise in his second year. When, Ooh, now, Goff wasn't the only yeah, piece. I know Goff wasn't the only piece, but that's my point. Goff just sat there and was a considered a bust after his first year. Carson Wentz wasn't considered special, but in his second year, he looked good. Right. We got Mahomes and Mitchell Trubisky about to do the same thing. They're going to be... Prove it now in their second year. That's how fast the NFL is expecting you to turn around. They give you a break on your rookie year, but your second year, you got to turn around. And, and when you say that, then you turn around and then you look at some of the quarterbacks who turned it around and then have 
kind of tailed off, if not going backwards. In almost Winston and almost every time that's happened. Marcus Mariota. Mariota's not exactly done bad. It's just in the third year, he was in his first two years, he was so efficient in the red zone, it was bound to regress, and it finally did. Mm -hmm. The fact that it lasted as long as it did was impressive. But Mariota and the Tennessee Titans just made the playoffs. And to me, they didn't lose because of Mariota. They lost because they didn't have enough defense and enough offensive line help. They need to improve on a lot of the positions, which is what we just did for Cleveland. So Tennessee, to me, is not that far out from being one of the top teams in the AFC. But you start with that quarterback. And I think if Buffalo gets one now, the next year they can take an offensive lineman late. Or they'll have a pick right where Cleveland got just traded for with Buffalo. They could have the 12th pick or the 22nd pick with a guy like Josh Allen as their quarterback, and they can continue to improve in a lot of ways. And Again, all they have to do is get to where they're the second-best team in the division before they start challenging the Patriots. And at that point, they can make the playoffs again. They can be dangerous again, and they have offensive linemen. They have offensive weapons there. They have a running back there. They probably need to reload, which in the second round, they could grab a Nick Chubb or Der- or a Sonny Michelle. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of running backs in this draft. To me, if Cleveland makes this trade with Buffalo, Cleveland becomes a contender. Yeah, absolutely. Buffalo's not a contender either way, in my opinion. But they They're have rebuilding. A, they They're have a 50-50 shot at having a franchise quarterback. Exactly. And, and that's I, not a bad thing. And I think this would be the first time we see a trade work out <laughs> in, a, in, a, yeah, in a good while. It's just so rare for that to happen. I mean, I, I say, you know, it's 50-50. If you look at Cleveland alone's history, they, they can't pick a winner in the draft. Oh, they absolutely can. So... Just avoid it. Just get out. Just don't. Pick the players that work. I mean, the last time they had a quarterback that in their first 16 games, they went 10-6, and six, which was Brian Hoyer. He went 10-6 and six in his first 16 games with them. They turned around and took Johnny Manziel for no reason. That set their franchise back again. And again, they keep doing that. They took Deshaun Kaiser last year, and then they traded them after one year. Deshaun Kaiser was a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And I'm, as a Green Bay fan, I couldn't be happier for him as a backup. I think he's a vast improvement over Brett Hundley. I don't know why we stuck with Brett Hundley as long as we did, but... Mike McCarthy. And don't get me started. But I think they vastly improved in quarterback for Cleveland going from Kaiser to Tyrod Taylor. I don't think they should have traded Kaiser, but that's what they decided to do. And then Buffalo, I think, would improve if... It's a 50-50 shot. If it hits, I think Josh Allen would be an improvement over Tyrod Taylor vastly, in my opinion. If he hits. I mean, he could, he could end up being another Jermarcus Russell or Jay Cutler, but his attitude says everything on the direct opposite of the a spectrum. There's not have, He's not had a bad interview. He's not had a bad combine, not had a bad pro day. He's been very receptive to coaching. Josh Allen could have vastly improved the Buffalo Bills. And if Cleveland missed on him, ball taking Bradley Chubb, Mike McClinchy, and James? Was it Darwin James that took him? Was that? Yeah, yeah. Day. So they, so they, and two more picks to go. With two more picks to go, instead of taking a quarterback, well, it's two of the next four. Picks. If they, if they pass on Allen, who turns out to be a big guy, and takes all these guys, they could be very dangerous either way. They don't necessarily need a top two pick to be competitive. Well, I mean, I look at would I trade Josh Allen for Mike McGlinchey and Derwin James? Yes, I would. <laughs> That, with the unknown of Josh yeah, Allen. Well, if he turns out to be a hit, you would definitely be losing that pick. Plus the second round next year. Yeah, you'd well. definitely be losing that pick. That said... I would, but at what point does Josh Allen turn your organization around? It won't be year one. It won't be year one. I think at the earliest year two, at the latest year four. Year two might be a winning record. 
I don't think you're going to the playoffs year two. I mean, AFC, we don't know what's – every year's completely different. You but don't I know. do think in this situation, these two guys, in combination with your other guys, could turn your organization into playoff year one. Very well possible because of how weak the AFC is, and you got a quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. Now, the biggest problem is you don't normally go out and get a quarterback who was just in the playoffs the year before. Exactly. So that helps Cleveland's argument in this case. And Buffalo would be, I think, in their best shape. With going in with Josh Allen, they'd be in their best shape that we've seen in a long time. I mean, their last quarterback even remotely close to this kind of level of draft pick was E.J. Manuel, and E.J. Manuel was not an NFL-caliber quarterback. No, I, I mean, for me, Cleveland's like the quarterback for a while, and Tyrod Taylor is not the man, but he is a top-20 proven quarterback in the NFL, and you don't know you're getting that in the draft. So, so take what you know is there and apply these other players that are you have a much better chance of being successful drafting. They're more it, it translate their college translate more to the pro level than quarterback. Absolutely. There's more consistency in that. So go that route. You've been fortunate enough to have a guy who truthfully barely turns the ball over in his whole career. All right, so going on to the next pick, Sanquan Barkley, I think, improves the Giants' offense, but it does leave them susceptible on defense. I think. Oh, so bad. I, but I think Barkley, with Barkley there, you protect Eli Manning better because, just like I said earlier, Dak Prescott improves with Zeke versus without him. That's true in almost every team. The running, a running game improves the passing game. It doesn't have to necessarily be one running back. You can have multiple running backs that do it, but I think Sanquan Barkley would be the Le'Veon Bell to the Odell Beckham's Antonio Brown. I think they would have vastly created an offense that is very hard to cover, very hard to stop, because who are you going to key in on? Odell Beckham, Evan Ingram, or, or Saquon Barkley? Because we've seen that the all three can be real weapons. in the. Uh, I, we've seen both the two, Evan Ingram and Odell Beckham, have been weapons in the NFL, and I don't think anyone actually doubts that Saquon Barkley will be a weapon in the NFL. Uh, no, I have not heard one person doubt Saquon Barkley. <laughs> what I would say about the Giants is you can give them the weapons, I would say their line's not good enough to hold up for those weapons. And I would say Eli's not as good as... Right now it's Big Ben. That's my comparison. It's Big Ben at being avoiding sacks. I mean, he drops when they get near him. <laughs> and Big Ben is hard to pull down. Yeah, but... Not like he used to be, but still more difficult than the average quarterback to pull down. And when you get near Eli, he drops. So that's, that's a fair I point. I don't know that the, he'll have time... For these weapons to get open. Now, obviously, Odell Beckham makes all the difference in the world with this team. They're nothing without him. And with him, he disrupts defenses. It's so hard to cover Odell Beckham even when you're not blitzing quarterbacks. Right. So, I mean, to me, the reason why I think the Saquon Barkley picks help so much, I think they would become the Jaguars' offense with the Pittsburgh Steelers' weapons. They don't have a, they have an all bad offensive line like the Jacksonville Jaguars. But they have the weapons of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, Jacksonville doesn't have an outside weapon, and they didn't last year. You can talk about Allen Robinson, but he wasn't on the field. He got hurt week one. Sure. They lost Hearns, I believe, week four or five. And Jackson Blake Bortles struggled because he didn't have his weapons. You can argue anything else you want, but he, let me take away your number one, your number two, and your number three is you know the league leader and drops. So I mean, just not gonna sit there and go. I think Eli Manning is closer to Big Ben than he is Blake Bortles, and if you're just Blake Bortles with a good running game, you can make the AFC Championship game. So on the NFC side, all you have to do is get a decent run game and have weapons 
I mean, they could be easily in the playoffs again this year. And they went from two and fourteen could easily go nine and seven, ten and six. I mean, this is a very competitive conference uh, division. Yeah, it, that's the other thing is their defense is weak and weaker now without JPP. That's why I thought Chubbs could help out. As bad as their defense was without JPP, they're going to be a lot worse. So uh, even if their offense performs, I don't think their defense will get them in the playoffs. I, I just think uh, that's absolutely. Good. I agree, but I think Barkley is the best weapon for them at that point. Best he, weapon in the draft. I don't oh, think anybody'd argue that. But to me, the, the Giants are either going to take Chubb there or Barkley, and I don't. I mean, Chubb could absolutely go number two overall, but I think they want that transcendent weapon that will sell tickets. It is a business. It, it is yes. Now, number three, the Jets took yet another quarterback with Darnold for us. I think they'll go into the season with three quarterbacks, and that shows how non-competitive the Jets are. Most championship-caliber teams are not going to go into the season with three quarterbacks. But they already paid McCown. They already paid Bridgewater, and now they're going to go, go, go grab another quarterback. Now, McCown's on a one-year deal. That, that's absolutely true, yeah. yeah but I'm just, I'm just saying they're gonna, uh, this year they're not a, com- they're not a com- com- competition at all. Even with the three quarterbacks? They've got no security in any of them. <laughs> That's the bad part. I mean, McCallan is uh, actually a really good quarterback when healthy. Um, I mean, he's underrated as a quarterback in the league. He's playing with next to no real weapons in the Jets last year, and still they were winning games. I think that's a testament to Todd Bowles. And, and McCallan. Absolutely. I mean, he's won everywhere he's been. He doesn't get the credit. But he's won everywhere he's played. <laughs> I mean, Todd Bowles, they, they, this is a team that was trying to tank, and that coach said, no, I'm not tanking. <laughs> I, I believe this is also the team that everybody thought wouldn't win a game. They won five? They, they were a very surprisingly good team. They had to very trade up from six to two. I think they – or, sorry, six to three. And they, I think they get a quarterback here that is an absolute steal for them. That said, it's not a guarantee. No. It's like you said. There's no security with any of them. I think they're trying to cover as many bases as possible here. Mm-hmm. You get a quarterback that can coach the other two up, who knows the league inside and out, who can. He's shown he can play against defenses even without weapons, without an offensive line. I think Sam Darnold could learn a lot from him. I think Teddy Bridgewater can learn from him a lot, and I think you're kind of banking on a future with both quarterbacks. But there's a chance that no quarterbacks work out. That they not only lose this year, they lose next year, and they're gonna have to go right back to drafting a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and that fifty-fifty thing. Yeah, and Bridgewater, we don't know if he'll ever be what he was turning into when he got injured. I mean, that injury was so bad they didn't think he was going to walk at first. So I mean, the fact that he's back on a football field is a miracle in of itself. The fact that he wants to compete, I love it. I don't know why he went to a team that already had a quarterback. Maybe he wants to kind of work his way back into it. Maybe the Jets just talked him into it and thought he would end up breaking the starting lineup. I'm not sure what happened there, but. I think he took a deal less than ideal for himself when he went there. Basically, I think the Jets are just getting as many quarterbacks as they can and hoping one works out. I mean, it's not a bad strategy at this point. That's <laughs> Some people said that the Cleveland Browns should do that at 1-4, just take two quarterbacks and see who works I, out. I heard that. <laughs> All right, five, we had Denver take Baker Mayfield. I think we talked a little bit on it. It's interesting to me, but I don't think Baker Mayfield makes it in the NFL. I think he just becomes another quarterback that – could have been something if not for this or that or the other. Whatever, he's, but he's short, spread. One of these reasons are going to stop him from making it. It's one thing when you find a quarterback with an issue. Like Aaron Rodgers holds on to the ball for too long. But it doesn't matter when you're that good. Mm-hmm. But when you have this many issues, character issues, short issues, I mean, you got something, spread offense issues. you got so many issues. It's so much making against him. 
for you to say he's guaranteed my guy, I'm taking him in the first round, I think is way too much of an investment. You could He could end up being the guy. But I think that's like a 10% chance, not a 50-50 in the first round because you've got so many issues to overcome. And then you've got to make it work in your system because this, this is a division that could work out for him, but you're going against Khalil Mack. You're going against Joey Bosa. You're going against the Kansas City Chiefs defense. I know they lost their linebacker from last year, but they still got so many weapons there. It's, it's not a division you want a quarterback to go into. Not a big believer in him. I just think he's their best opportunity there. At uh, the fifth pick, I don't blame you for taking him. And, and basically, he's probably the best quarterback on the roster from day one. I mean, oh, absolutely. You got I mean, Keenum Keenum. and Lynch. I mean, to me, the only one who's going to be really competitive with him is maybe Chad Kelly. I don't like Keenum, and I don't like Lynch. Was just horrible. They keep pushing him because they drafted him, but he's not been good. And Keenum is a quarterback nobody wanted. But all of a sudden, he's playing in a system that just worked for anybody, basically. And he did well. Well enough to win. So now he's a starter somewhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, I, I mean. You give me those quarterbacks, I'm probably going to start Mayfield and say, sink or swim. For me, if you haven't decided the quarterback by week three of the preseason, then that team's not going to make the playoffs. Exactly. So, so it's a very deep comp- competition there. So we'll see what happens for Denver. But I think if they take a quarterback at fifth overall, if they couldn't trade out of it, that's what they're going to do is get the third best quarterback out of – or the, the third quarterback between Allen, Darnold, and Mayfield. I think I honestly think Mayfield will be the third quarterback taken. And not Rosen. I don't think as many people are in love with Rosen as the analysts originally thought. I think you can look at any of these quarterbacks in this draft, and there are questions. Oh yeah, you're going to talk. You can talk. You easily talk yourself out of any quarterback coming out. Of, I mean, every quarterback has a issue. the The problem is you want to minimize those issues to something you think you can manage. And if Allen's worst issue is accuracy with bad, due to bad footwork or whatever it is, you think you can fix it. You take Allen. If you think Darnold's issues are just turnovers and you think you can minimize it and fix it, you take him. If you think Baker Mayfield's only issue is attitude, do you think you can minimize it? You take it. But at the end of the day, for me, I want the guys with the least amount of issues that can be fixed. And for me, that's almost always football. I can't fix personality. I can't fix head cases. I can't fix guys who get hurt. That's going to happen. For me, Rosen's injury, an injured case who occasionally shows not enough interest in football. I can't take that. Baker Mayfield's an occasional issue with attitude and to me is too short and high price from a spread offense. I can't fix all those issues. I can fix the spread offense. I can't fix his height. I can't fix if he's got an attitude. Well, for me, though, he improves their team over what they have. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So you got to take a quarterback that's better than what you have on your roster if you're picking fifth. And if you could trade back, I would. I don't know who's going to do that. If Especially if Buffalo's already traded. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo's traded up to one. Who's got anything to trade you for five? I mean, the only other team I think that has two first-round draft picks that can make that trade is New England. And it's not going to happen. New England, I think, they, I think they're going to take Mason Rudolph. I think he falls to them. I could be wrong. There could be enough quarterback-hungry teams that they take Mason Rudolph. So, I mean, Lamar Jackson very well could go in the first round, but if they do take him, it's because they're that hungry of a team. See, in my mock draft, I had Arizona taking Lamar, Mason Rudolph. Uh, Mason Rudolph, yeah. Uh, I, re- I just feel like, you know. And he made it here. I mean, he, he could very well end up being taken at 15. If I'm the one who's actually taken and I'm the Jets, I'm taking Mason Rudolph. I believe in Mason Rudolph. He's actually the only one I believe in. And I could be completely misguided there, 
but that's the one that speaks to me that I feel the best about. I, I like Rudolph. I think his ceiling is, is in Philip Rivers, and that's not a bad ceiling. No, I think most teams would be happy with the Philip Rivers. That, but that's a ceiling. That's exactly. where, and yeah. I think his floor is, car, is something like a Carson Palmer. Not a bad floor. I think not he's. A bad floor, I think, but he falls somewhere in the middle. Again, I'm not, not in a, love with any of these quarterbacks, yeah. but for me, if I'm taking one, I'm taking Rudolph. Yeah, I mean, Rudolph is, to me, a very narrow window of a quarterback. He's nothing elite or special or Hall of Famer, but he's probably never going to be bad either. I think he'll just end up being a starter in the league at some point for someone somewhere. Top 15. But Josh Allen, to me, could be the number one quarterback in the league or could be out of the league before his rookie contract's up. I can see that. That's a 50-50 shot. But I think for Allen, it's entirely on him and how hard he wants to work. And everything I've seen says he wants to work hard. Everyone loves to compare him to Jamarcus Russell, Jay Cutler, these other big-arm quarterbacks that didn't work out. But the problem with those big-arm quarterbacks is they were head cases. It was all on them. They failed because of them, not because they couldn't make it in the NFL. Well, like we were talking earlier, I feel like he just has a great agent. And the last two months has been promoted perfectly. I mean, you couldn't have written a script better for him to follow. Yeah, I mean... His draft value has skyrocketed in two months. From a guy not even in the first round to we might take him first. What a performance. The agent deserves a raise. I mean... He also has all the right tangibles that we've seen. The metrics are off the chart. The performance off the field, to me, in college, has not shown up. Now, could it in the pros? It absolutely could. I just don't know that I believe in anything I've seen to say that other than the perfection of the last two months. <laughs> and, I mean, i got to give it to First of all, obviously he's trainable, as you've said. Very coachable. He... He has followed this to a T. He's said all the right things. He's done all the right things. He's obviously got the God-given metrics that you want in a quarterback. I just don't feel like that's ever materialized on the field, his potential. I love Because some people love to compare him to Ryan Leaf because Ryan Leaf had all the tangibles but none of the intangibles. The problem is Ryan Leaf showed that he didn't have the intangibles during this process. He is Ryan Leaf's talent with Peyton Manning answers. That, to me, screams franchise quarterback as long as you can continue to improve him. Big Ryan Lee fan. Followed him in college. Would have <laughs> picked him over Peyton. It's my worst pick ever. But, again, I wasn't aware of his drug issues. You take his drug issues off the table, he becomes I mean, they better were, than Peyton. They reveal their interview answers. And, I, that's, to me, this is me looking back. I wasn't old enough to know about this. But when they asked Peyton Manning what he would do if he was taking number one overall, he said, I'd get in there, I'd work real hard, I'd want to turn the franchise around, I'd want to win. When they asked Ryan Leaf, he said, I spent a week in Vegas. That's a red flag. Well, it is. And now, I was around back then, and you have to realize it was a completely different time of media. There wasn't an internet like we have today (laughs) with all this information readily. And when you talk about Peyton Manning, you're talking about a guy who had a father who played in the NFL, knew what to say, when to say it, how to say it, what they wanted to hear. Ryan Leaf was a drug addict college kid who worked his way up and played really well in college. He was honest to a fault, but had a drug addiction. He also had he also had attitude. He reacted poor to media interviews. I mean, you saw that. Hence the drug addiction. <laughs> But here's the thing. Like you said, now we have the internet. We can do these background checks. A lot of these guys have had issues on social media. Josh Allen isn't one of them. No, and again, I think he's got a tremendous agent. agent. (laughs) I I don't know who that is, but 
kudos, guy. I mean, you, <laughs> the whole goal of, of this last two months is to improve your draft stock, and nobody's has improved more in the last two months than Josh Allen. Yeah. So it, what he did in college is basically irrelevant. The last two months has promoted him from not in the first round to maybe first overall. What more could that agent do? On the flip side, because when the college season first ended, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen were tied on Mike Mayock's scouting report. It's They were both fifth. They were the fifth mm-hmm. overall quarterback on his board. One's going all the way almost to a number one. The other one's not even in the first round on most draft, mock drafts anymore. And who's his agent? His mother. Okay. I think we've explained the difference in the last two months. I think that Jackson's on field looked pretty good. His off field with the advice he's getting from not a professional agent. And social media. He's listening to social media. It's greatly hurting him. I understand wanting to be a quarterback in this league, but basically they want team players. Everybody wants a team player. you're willing to do whatever that team needs you to do, your draft stock's going to go up. I've said it before. And since he's not, his draft stock is falling. Absolutely. I said it before. If If you tell me, if someone asks you, will you play wide receiver for me? You say, I do whatever helps the team the most. You, every team is interested. When you sent for, uh, when you told them I'm only a quarterback, you, you had eight quarterbacks, uh, eight teams interested in you. You said I'm a quarterback only. You had three teams interested in you. Mm-hmm. Because you, but if you said I, I'd be willing to play wide receiver, quarterback, whatever, you'd have 32 teams. That's your draft stock. That's your draft stock going up. Even if you, I don't, I understand you don't want to play wide receiver. That's fine. But you say the right things. You do the right things. You didn't show off your strengths during your pro day. You didn't show off your strengths during combine. You hurt yourself both those days because you showed off the thing you want to do, but the problem is that's the weakest part of your game. You're not a great passer. Lamar Jackson's never been a great passer. His mobility is what gives him the advantage. Sure. And you didn't show it off. You didn't do the cone drill. You didn't do the 40-yard dash. You didn't do it at either day, pro day or combine. So that now you went from, oh, he was just wanting to show break a point to, wait, is there an issue? People think that he can't run fast forward at the time anymore. They think there is a cone issue. Maybe, maybe he's not as in shape as he said he was. There's all sorts of question marks around you now. So that's why you fall. Well, the other thing is, he keeps pointing out to watch the tape if you want to see how fast I am. That's college speed. We want to know how that really translates. What is your 40 time? How will you compete against NFL people? And you've heard it a hundred times in the past. The biggest transition from college to pro is the speed of the game. And we don't really know where you are. So teams aren't as willing to take that chance on you. Johnny Manziel was so elusive, and he ran past Alabama. But when he got to the NFL, he didn't run past anyone. No. And And Alabama is often considered the NFL light. Yeah. Johnny Manziel looked great against Alabama. And then he got in the NFL. He did not look good. No. He got beat. Tebow was a unbelievable SEC talent. And the SEC is the smaller NFL in most people's eyes. And you can have arguments there as well. But when he got to the NFL and started playing against the Patriots, he looked like he didn't know what football was. He, he was running around every which way. He lost by 30 points to the Patriots in the playoffs. That's just when you get to the next level, the NFL, you got to show everything. And John, Lamar Jackson did not add value. He lost value because we don't know. Yeah, and- Again, there's already concerns about him because of his size and him trying to be mobile in the NFL. But now we don't even know how fast you are, so we don't know if you're going to be able to avoid the hits with your speed or if you're just going to take the full impact and more than likely get injured. I I think everything he's done and said in the last two months 
has been wrong. I get having that kind of um, loyalty to your mother, but this is a place where you need an agent to help at least, promote your stock. Like Richard Sherman got rid of his agent, but at this point, Richard Sherman can do that. Yeah. He's established himself. Coming out yes. as a rookie, you want the agent to help you get as much money as possible. Exactly. And a lot of people don't like to have to pay an agent, but Josh Allen is the prime example on why you want an agent. Exactly. Uh, just going down, I got just looking through the more, more interesting picks for me. Uh, Josh Rosen to Miami would be a big like flag there. I mean, that's going to be a team that's going to be a lot of quarterback controversy, a lot of fans divided, locker room divided. People are going to be upset in Miami. People are going to be happy. It's that would be a very interesting pick, and to me, they're relatively the same. I think there is no way Josh Rosen makes it to 11. I don't see that happening in the real draft. I, mean, I think he's going in the top the only five team, minimum. The only team – Oh, we, so Giants didn't take a quarterback for me. For me, Davis Webb is still – I think Davis Webb is better than Josh Rosen. And right you now. could be right, but we've never seen him either, so it's a coin flip. And the problem for me is the Giants are not going to be in a spot to pick a top two quarterback Maybe ever again. Uh, even if Webb, and the take I've heard on him is, he's an average quarterback. You may get seven or eight wins a year, and you're stuck in that purgatory that you're not good enough to make the playoffs and you're not bad enough to get another top pick. So if that's the case and you don't take it here, then they should improve their team like Cleveland does at that there point. There you go. I'm with you on that. If they do that. But I would have took. But if you miss out on Saquon Barkley, if you Giant, don't. If I'm Giants, I'm taking Chubb. I need that defense. Bradley Chubb could be the better weapon there, or be the more impactful player in the first year. Maybe not, but I think with Saquon Barkley, you protect Eli now. Well, let me ask you this. Do I not get a guy in the second round who can do that as a running back? Not to the level Saquon Barkley does. Not to the level, but close. I, mean, I could take a Michelle or a Chubb. I don't think Shoney Michelle at the next level will be scary for defenses. I think he'll be another. Well, you like Chubb. What about Chubb? Chubb is a scary, like, uh, Leonard Fournette. That's what Chubb is. Leonard Fournette. He's okay. a pass protector. He can catch, catch the ball, but he's a Leonard Fournette. And that helped Bortles. But Barkley would be what Gurley is to Goff. Goff is immediately in the number one offense because of... My thought is I can get that. I feel like I can get that with Chubb or Michelle or actually a couple other guys. But if I don't get Chubb, there's one other guy that I think is really a disruptor on defensive end. After that, it's a plummet. And I don't. I think both defensive ends are going in the first round. Oh, yeah. So I can't get a defensive end in the second round that's going to do what Chubb can do. But I can get a running back who can do close, not what he can, but close to what Barkley can do. That's why I'm not taking Barkley so soon. I think he's the best player here. I just think there's a lot of other great options at running back in later, in second round at least, and none at defensive end. It's a good point. I mean, a good point. Uh, but if Rosen was to fall to Miami, I don't see it. I really don't. I mean, I, they could take a quarterback even if it's not Rosen. It could be Rudolph. It could be Lamar Jackson. I mean, I don't think any of them are an immediate improvement over Miami. If Miami takes a quarterback, I think it's hurting their team. And that quarterback misses, they set them back five years. I think they're done with Tannehill. Uh, I, I, I think it's a mistake. I like Tannehill. Again, I think he's an average quarterback, though, that you're going to be stuck in this area if you don't get some improvement. But got to take a chance. you still got Tannehill. If this doesn't work out, you could trade Rosen. Or if it works out, you could trade Tannehill. But if you don't take the chance here, 
when will you? You're not going to get another one. I mean, for me, seriously, if it's me, I'm taking Rudolph. I, I think he's a guy who's going to make a difference. I think Rosen will be gone, though, and if, there's no way at 11 Miami doesn't take him if he's still there. I think Miami's in a similar situation as the Giants, and they want to sell more tickets, and the better way to do that is to get a quarterback or yeah. offensive weapon. Offensive people sell tickets. Defensive people just really don't. I agree. Going down the list a little bit further, Arizona taking Mason Rudolph is an interesting one to me. Uh, there's a chance that they take Lamar Jackson. Uh, I mean, I'm just I'm not a fan of Lamar Jackson. I don't like running quarterbacks all that much unless you're Cam Newton. I don't care for it. Right. And for me, Lamar Jackson's stealing Tyrod Taylor. So, I mean, Tyrod Taylor's very middle-of-the-road quarterback who doesn't turn over the ball. Top He's 20. a decent passer. That, to me, is the best well, Lamar I Jackson. I don't see Lamar Jackson not turning the ball over like Tyrod Taylor doesn't. Now, if, you ty- if Tyrod Taylor turns the ball over the league average – all of a sudden, he's not even a serviceable quarterback. But because he does hang on to the ball and not turn it over, he's a top 20 quarterback every year he plays. So if if he turns the ball over, just say the minimum, the league average, I don't even want him anymore. But because he is so good at hanging on to the ball and not turning the ball over to defenses and ending drives like that, he makes you – in position to win games. And that's sad that he has to be that good at not turning over the ball before he's considered average. I mean, he's he's considered average even though he's super conservative with the ball. And he's a very mobile quarterback. He's a very accurate quarterback, in my opinion, in passing the ball. He's just, he's just dealt with bad receivers his whole career with Buffalo. Well, he's going to have weapons in Cleveland. Absolutely. And if he doesn't succeed at this level, and maybe it's just because he hasn't had healthy weapons in Buffalo. But basically his numbers – I've been top 20. Top 20 can win you a Super Bowl. Absolutely. And, I mean, Nick Foles just won one, on, but he was on the best team in the league. Hey, look where Keenum went. I'm just saying, if you've got the right situation, top 20 can win you Super Bowls. And he is, and he's on a team that if they trade back and pick up some more weapons, they could be in the playoffs. And that is um, would be a miracle for Cleveland. Their sales would skyrocket through the roof. Just make the playoffs. That's all you got to do. And, I mean, it's not that hard in the AFC, in my opinion. And, again, when you make the playoffs, depending on where you fall, anything could happen. After that, most people don't really care for the defensive side of the ball, which is sad for me. But I I love defense. I love watching defense. I think DB is one of the most difficult positions to play, especially in the NFL. And there's so many great things there. And you notice how the really offensive – Crazy past crazy uh, divisions are going DB in our mock drafts because that's what they need. Yeah. You got to help that. Chicago's getting it. Green Bay's getting it. Minnesota's getting offensive. Um, I, I would say that's what they need to do, but I wouldn't be surprised if those offensive happy teams don't draft more offensive players. Yeah, offensive linemen, well, offensive because weapons. Because they're just into that, but they need to go defense. At the end of the first round, we went a lot offensive linemen, and the reason why is the guys who just took quarterback in the early of the in the early first are going to need to turn around and get an offensive lineman. They can't trade out very easily. Philadelphia, New England, Minnesota, Jacksonville, they need all the offensive line they can get because when it comes back around to them, there's not going to be any left. And most of these teams can use some offensive line. Every team could use offensive line. I can't yes, I can't stress it enough. You need eight good offensive linemen on your team, and most teams have two. Right. There's just not enough offensive linemen in the world to help out a team. And then those guys get paid, so cap space becomes a problem. That's the issue with Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Overall, this has been 
very interesting because of the different picks and the quarterbacks falling. I think Lamar Jackson would go very early second round. Which I don't even think we took him. No, he didn't go in the first for us. We only did the first round mock, but I think Cleveland could take him in the early first, which I think would hurt their team. Yes, I wouldn't do that. Uh, that said, they have Tyrod Taylor, so having Lamar Jackson there would have a very similar system. So it actually probably wouldn't be a bad thing. It'd just make a quarterback competition when you don't really want one. Just not winning now. I mean, there's still some holes to be filled right here. Need a running back. A couple of great ones still on there. No, no, you need, Georgia you, running back. You need a guard. Could use a guard. A cornerback. But that said, if they were to take Lamar Jackson early second, which they have the first pick of the second round mm-hmm. and the 35th pick of the second round, we could be talking – I mean, Lamar Jackson's a perfect – like I said, his ceiling is Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. He could be even slightly better than Tyrod Taylor if he's really accurate. That said, why not back up Tyrod Taylor? Right. It, I mean, if I have – if you used to go when you had Vic and he was a mobile left-handed quarterback, when Tebow was a free agent, I said they should go get Tebow so he can have a mobile left-handed quarterback to back him up. So you've got two picks coming up. I'm thinking that I would like to see him pick up um, a running back. In a, I'd see Sonny Michelle, Nick Chubb, maybe Karen Johnson. You can get, yeah, Karen Johnson, Ronald, Ronald Jones. Jones. You could get Ronald Jones in the third round. And then I'm looking to pick up another wide receiver. Uh, we need weapons. I mean, you got DJ Shark, who I love. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's 6'2", 199, and runs a 4'3". God, what excitement on this team. you got to be excited for Cleveland going into this draft, even if they don't trade back the first pick. Just this right here would be just super exciting because they could get Lamar Jackson second. They could get a wide receiver and a running back all in the second, third round. I'm telling you, this team could win now. And that's also if Buffalo was to make this trade and go get Josh Allen, they have two picks in each of the following rounds, in the second and in the third. Yeah, I mean, they could win now. You know, To quote Al Davis, just win, baby. And they were set up to do it. I would trade that first pick so quick it'd make their head spin. Buffalo would help. I think Buffalo would improve vastly. I mean, because if they wait, they get Baker Mayfield or Mason Rudolph if they're lucky to get them. And then, Everybody wants to pick first. Yeah, and, and if they do, it's if they get that quarterback, then more, than reason, more likely the reason they fail is because other teams saw an issue that Buffalo hasn't seen yet or anything like that. This would be a great trade for both teams so much. I, I honestly think it should happen at this point. It, it definitely should happen. I know it's not going to. They're going to take a quarterback because they feel like that's what everybody expects them to do and they need to do. But I really feel like the thing to do is trade back. Load this team up. There are a lot of great players in the first two rounds of this year's draft that you could get. And with everybody else loading up on quarterback, Which isn't that good. Which – are average quarterbacks at best to me, you can get all these other position players that stack up your team. I mean, when we're looking at this draft this year, I, I've said it all offseason, this is not a special quarterback class. There's not a Matt Ryan. There's not a Joe Flacco. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, Joe Flacco's not elite. Joe Flacco's coming out of the draft was better than all of these guys. Yeah. These quarterbacks are weak. The wide receivers are weak. Really strong at running back. Very strong. Guard, interior offensive lineman, interior, interior defensive offense, lineman. Yes, and, and D- maybe uh, – DBs. DBs, yeah. 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 <laughs> where they're weak is quarterback and wide receiver. And that's where it's – you're going to see a lot of quarterbacks go because their teams are so hungry at it. And it's it's not necessarily a bad thing, and it's going to sell tickets, but at the end of the day, they're not going to win games because of the quarterbacks. You need everything else around them. And, and to me, there's so many questions about the top five quarterbacks – I'm going back, taking a chance on a Mason Rudolph, 
maybe a Luke Falk or a Kyle Laletta. Those are guys that I can see taking a chance on a little later. Where's my guy? You got White. White is my favorite White's late quarterback. Guy. I mean, he's a he's a guy who could be. I think he's going to be a steal for whoever takes him late. White's my favorite quarterback late in this draft. Josh Allen's my favorite early. White's my favorite late. I, I, I like Rudolph. I like Laletta a lot. Laletta I mean, seems like a very passable backup. I don't think he'll ever be a starter in the league. I think White could be a starter and a steal. I don't know why everyone's looking past him, but everything intangibles, he seems like the right guy. Great build, great size, great hands, great stats. I don't know why he's not loved. Maybe because he played for Western Kentucky. That's not a great team. <laughs> not a great team at all. But, yeah, I get it. I just feel like, again, with Cleveland, here's your opportunity. If you want to win, don't do what everybody expects you to do. Do what needs to be done to win. You have a great opportunity to load your team up. At every, if you're willing to forfeit quarterback for the guy you just traded for and let him play, this is your year. You really can do it. All right, so let's ask a quick couple of questions before we wrap up. Sure. Will the Rams... Kansas City or Houston trade up into the first round of this tra- of this draft? I say no. I don't see them ha- being able to, and I think it's going to be disappointing for all three of them because they all could use it, especially Kansas City. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just it, these guys are hurting. They're going to be. They're going to need some picks. I, I really don't see the Rams and Houston as hurting. Houston I mean, went four and twelve. I know everyone's like super excited for Deshaun Watson, but he went three and three there, and they were four and twelve overall as a team. Not a big Deshaun Watson fan, but they did lose Watts. Again, he's injured they, a lot. They were a number one without him before. Right, now this year, if they if he can stay healthy, they added the Honey Badger on the back end. Still got this defense is scary. I mean, this defense without J.J. Watt was the number one defense in the league, and then when he came back, they were still the number one defense in and the league. And now you've added him. I mean, if he can stay healthy and you've got the Honey Badger, I really like this defense. It is scary. Again, injuries could devastate it, which yeah. it could with anything. Yeah, absolutely. But the defense alone scares me. Quarterback does not scare me at all. I think Watson's been giving away too much credit for a really high touchdown rate yeah. on those. Which is not sustainable. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, it, right now he has the greatest touchdown rate in the history of the NFL after six games because efficiency happens with well, that limited supply. DeAndre Hopkins is an elite wide receiver yeah. with any quarterback, and Will Fuller, when healthy, is a great number two. So, and Mar Miller's been serviceable. If Deshaun Watson can just stay in his lane and not be overly aggressive, I really like the rest of the pieces on this team. Absolutely. Houston has a great team, and I, I but the problem is, for me, it's not been the quarterback. I mean, a lot of people are like, bl- like to blame quarterback for wins and losses. Way Brian, too much credit, way too much blame. Yes. Brian Hoyer was not the issue when they made the playoffs. Brian Hoyer was not the issue when they bent, pulled him week one after one interception they pulled him. That tells me the coach does not know what he's doing. Remember, he started off last year with Deshaun Watson on the bench. He cannot evaluate quarterbacks. Yeah. He put Deshaun Watson in because the other quarterback was threw a pick week one. That's two years he's done that in his limited time at uh, uh, Houston. Bill O'Brien cannot evaluate quarterbacks. He cannot run an offense. I don't think he's really smart there. And the greatest offensive system he's ever had was on deep passes from Deshaun Watson and one big run by Deshaun Watson. 
He averages 16 yards on a sack. That's how many yards he averages on a lost sack. That's that's way too many. That means he's running around way too much. That's the team's just – it's too scary for me. Very volatile offense, in my opinion, that's going to regress hard. I don't think Houston's a great team right now. I don't know if it's quarterback. I don't know if it's the offensive line or if it's just the head coach. And I really want to put money on the head coach. But I don't think they're anywhere near Jacksonville. I think their defense is close. Oh, their defense has been the same for like the last five years. They've been with just JJ Watt alone. You have a great defense. They have Jadovian Clowney. They have Brian Cushing. I, I think they still have Cushing anyway. They have the Honey Badger. They're a great defense. The problem is they play in a division with very conservative or no offenses at all. I mean, right. the Colts aren't very aggressive right now. They've had Jacoby Brissett last year. With luck, they might be more aggressive. Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars are one of the most conservative offenses in the league. Mm-hmm. So what's the defense going to do against another defense? Not much. Right. And then you got Tennessee, who loves to run the ball, and they just got a defensive-minded coach, a defensive head coach. So that's a division where it's all defenses everywhere, mm-hmm. with the exception of the Colts, who are just struggling to get by. <laughs> Kansas City, I think, needs a lot more help for a young quarterback, but they added a lot of weapons this offseason. They're going to try to improve. And the Rams have a similar situation. They're coming off the number one offense. But you got to always be evolving. They added a lot on defense. They added some on offense. That's going to be a scary team. They don't need the help as much. They added the number one wide receiver on offense, which is scary when you put Brandon Cooks on this offense. <laughs> uh, I really like their offense. Now Robert Woods is their number three. So that tells me that the Rams feel like Brandon Cooks is that much better than any wide receiver in this draft. If you want to use an argument why these wide receivers aren't very good in this draft, Brandon Cooks is better than all of them, according to the Rams. There is no Brandon Cooks in this wide receiver draft. I, I, I wouldn't think. I mean, Brandon Cooks is a very productive wide receiver. He's the number one deep threat over the last two years. And also... Uh, On two different offenses. Granted, he's had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks throwing to him. But even take that out of the picture, Brandon Cooks this past year, I mean, a little-known fact is that he had more pass interference and holding calls against him than any other wide receiver for 224 yards. That's 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 a a number that you don't even get accounted for when you say I signed Brandon Cooks. So when he gets on a team, he makes a difference, and defenses – have to scheme for him and him alone. Now, how do you scheme for him knowing there's a Todd Gurley on, behind that line? This is going to be a tough def- offense to face. You're not wrong. and I mean, they were already the number one. It's hard for them to repeat that stat, but it's an interesting thing to see them go. You know, most of the time number ones fade, but most of the time they don't add the top wide receiving threat in the league. And improve their defense nearly to the degree that the Rams did. Yeah, I, I mean, they're all about defense this year. But then, and, I mean, their wide receivers are Brandon Cook, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Tavon Austin. This is going to be tough to defend. So the Rams are probably going to be the team to beat in the NFC right now if they can just stay on track and stay on record. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are going to pick Philadelphia. I don't see them repeating. I don't expect them to repeat, but they are one of the most dangerous teams in the league. They were the best team last year. Everyone can argue anything else. They lost their quarterback and won a Super Bowl against the New England Patriots with Nick Foles, and he's not a great quarterback. He's not. No, I mean, everybody, I think most people would agree, they greatly improved with wins. Oh, yeah. So I expect them to be right back in the thick of things, but if I was picking a team to win, 
I would have to pick the Rams it's, to it's, be the team to beat. Right another, I mean, another thing, Wentz was so crazy like like Deshaun Watson. He was so efficient last year that he will regress. He had 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions. That's a near 5-1 to one ratio, which the best one in the, in the history of the league is Aaron Rodgers, and he's like slightly over 3-1. to one. The thing about Wentz is he does have a photographic memory, so he has a better chance of repeating than I would say most, most quarterbacks. Uh, that's a huge advantage that I didn't even know about till this year. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles head coach, he's he's really smart. I, I give him all the credit in the world. He sh- in the world. He should have been coach of the year. He's, to me, the best coach right now in the league, right outside of Bill Belichick. I, I really like the Rams coach. McVay is uh, very original in his play calling and the way he sees the game, and I like what he does. I mean, we sit here and say, Hey, they've got golf and they've got uh, Gurley, and look, they should do well. But oh. they didn't with Jeff Fisher. Uh, I mean, people were ready to kick Jared Goff out of the league after one and year. Now he's the top quarterback in this league. I, I, I love and, that. You know, one I, year. I saw a great stat that said the only coach that knew how to stop Todd Gurley was Jeff Fisher. <laughs> so obviously, McVeigh in one year took a team that was in the cellar of their division and made them contenders. It has a lot to do with play calling, and he's very good at what he does. I mean, you see him sitting on the sideline on a cooler writing down the plays. <laughs> I mean, he's very encouraging, and his team loves him and rallies behind him. I mean, he is the youngest coach in the history of the NFL. It's fun to watch him. Unfortunately, guys, that's about all the time we have today. We actually ran a little longer than we originally planned, so we'll be able to follow up with our bold predictions and such. I'll try to get that uploaded as soon as possible. We do have that already recorded, and I do apologize. But uh, we will also be coming back next week with our draft reaction. So that should be a lot of fun to watch at that point as well. Stay tuned for more uh, for more from us, and we're going to be a little bit more consistent with our uploads. We, I know we missed for about a month, but we're going to be back, and we're going to be doing it more and more. I, I assure you of that.